Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Boulder, Colorado today with my friend Dan Mackin of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. Dan grew up in Boulder and loves the outdoor culture. With over 300 days of sunshine every year, it's always a great day to go outside and explore. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Boulder. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Awesome. So we're here to talk about Boulder, Colorado. Uh, What's your connection to the city? My family moved out to the Boulder area when I was probably five or six, Um, originally from Ohio. And my dad was one, kind of one of the first tech people to come out here and work in software and just ended up settling on a job just on the west side of Boulder in the foothills and kind of fell in love with it and stayed ever since. Nice. What are some of the things that kept you here? Obviously, you could have gone any place after you graduated. Yeah, a big part of it is just like I love the outdoors and I, I tell my parents all the time that I hate them for picking a place that I actually like to live you know, I wish they had moved somewhere in the Midwest where, you know, I could have been like, oh, I need to leave this town and get out because then at least I could have had options. But they picked a place that is so great to live and there's so much to do and enjoy that I haven't wanted to leave. So as much as I wanted to be kind of the nomad and get away from my family, the place I enjoy the most is where they live. And it's just great. It's, you know, we have so many days of sun a year. We have over 300 is the statistic they like to give out. And half of that's in the middle of winter. Like today, we're kind of in spring now. But the weather's awesome today. I was out just taking a walk around town because why not? And it's, you know, early April and I was wearing a t-shirt. <laughs> That's so awesome. So for the listeners that don't know exactly where Boulder, Colorado is, where would you say that's in relation to like a major city like Denver? Yep. From Denver, you head northwest about 20 miles or so. The drive is about 30 minutes. It's pretty much highway the whole way straight in. Boulder's out kind of in its own little enclave just right next to the mountains. Okay. So in a sense, it's almost like, you know, I'm from LA. That's where I used to live. It's basically just like a suburb of the major city of Denver. Exactly. It doesn't like to call itself a suburb because it likes to be its own unique thing. And they <laughs> try they try very hard to be that. But yes, technically it would be a suburb of Denver. Okay, cool. So you've lived there most of your life. How would you describe uh, in like one or two words, the people or the city? What would you describe them? Interesting and disconnected, I think are the two. Boulder, I would say it's a liberal town in terms of just their overall thinking. Like, for instance, there is a green belt around the entire city that the county and city have purchased so that development cannot happen in those areas. So when you come into Boulder, there's actually a gap where, yeah, there are houses, but they're on like 40 plus acres. And there's just this massive belt of open space and ranch area from the surrounding towns going into Boulder. And so what they've really done is they've created this thing where it's great because you have this nice little bubble of everything kind of staying the way they want it to. But because they've done that now, they're so expensive in terms of like living there, that they're running into a huge issue in terms of actually being able to house the people that need to work in the city. Yeah. I mean, it's the good and the bad of it, right? Yeah. I mean, overall, it's a great place. It's just most of the people that work down there now can't afford to live there. Yeah, that is a problem. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> All right. So cool. You talked about earlier about 300 days of sunshine. 
Uh, when people think of Colorado, obviously you think of like the mountains and the snow and, and things of that nature, but what's the weather like normally in Boulder? And then, and are there certain times of the year that, that are better to, to visit than others? Yeah. I mean, most of the time it's pretty mild. You know, we do have a pretty strong heat wave in the middle of summer. So I tell folks, you know, if you're going to come, try not to come in like July, if you can avoid it. There will be nice days, but we can have days where it gets 90s and sometimes into the hundreds if a strong heat wave is rolling through. So I really like it in the kind of mid to late spring and then early fall. And that's just when like temperatures are perfect. You can still stay outside and, you know, not have to have a ton of clothing on to stay warm but you're not burning up either at the same time. So you can enjoy all the things that are here, have the fact that it's that dry air. So you're not really getting like kind of that wet chill or anything if a breeze comes by, but you're also just not dying from heat. Right on. And then are there certain like festivals like that maybe if somebody wants to target one of those festivals, they they go, okay, I'm going to come to visit Boulder in, in like May or October. Uh, what type of festivals are there? Yeah, the biggest one they like to have, they just call it the Memorial Day uh, Weekend Festival. Some call it the Boulder Creek Festival. It's also some people who are into running have heard of the Boulder Boulder. Um, so the Boulder Boulder is a 10K race that they hold every year. And it attracts racers you know, from all over the world, even the top guys from Africa that have been winning all these marathons come out. And that happens over basically the three-day Memorial Day weekend. The whole town packs out with people. Admittedly, traffic gets a little bad, but once you're in Boulder, you're fine. Like when you're walking around, everything there is so walkable that you just got to find a parking spot. Once you're there, you can just wander. And the Creek Festival, in the past, they would do duck races, things of that sort. So at the top of the creek, they would put in thousands and thousands of little yellow rubber ducks. And you could buy a rubber duck with a number on the bottom of it. And if your duck wins, you win prizes, things like that. So they were doing things like that with the festival. They have a big dome in the park, like a band shell, basically, that they have a bunch of band play out of and just all kinds of things. It's just an awesome weekend to come out. Like I said, you just have to deal with traffic, but there's so much going on that if you just stay in town, it's easy to just walk out of wherever you're staying and wander over to whatever you want to watch. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, I love it when communities kind of really go out of their way and just create like a lot of fun for for people that live there, then also encourage the people from out, outside to come in and, and enjoy what, they, what they're putting on. Yeah. You're talking a little bit about like the walking and everything else like that. When people come to visit Boulder, is it a place where you need to rent a car or is there good public transportation? You know, how do you get around? Most cases, for most of the things, if you were just a tourist, you generally don't need a car. And if you really need to get somewhere, it's a college town. So there's Uber and Lyft and all those ride sharing groups that are there. So it's pretty easy to grab a ride if you need to. You know, parking, Boulder has the whole thing where I said they're slightly disconnected. They know a lot of people commute there, but they don't want them to at the same time. So parking can be limited when it actually comes to getting a car somewhere. So honestly, if you can get a shuttle or you could even take the bus directly from Denver International Airport all the way into Boulder and like a couple of the best hotels are within like four blocks of the last station that the bus takes you to. Oh, perfect. So you could you could literally go airport bus all the way to Boulder walk to your hotel. And then from there, if you, like I said, most things are walkable. If they're a little further, you can get a ride share or they have the rental bike fleet that you can just go rent a bike and ride it around town for the day if you wanted to as well. Yeah. I think that's part of the the fun of having the, be more of like a little bit of a college town like that, where you have things like the bikes and things of that nature, which encourage exercise, encourage you to be outdoors and outside of your car. That's really fun. Yeah. And I would say don't get overzealous about the biking if you're from sea level. You know, I don't notice the altitude here, but I know a lot of people who come up from sea level have problems sometimes walking around certain parts because it is a hilly town in some sections. So be aware of your physical level before you rent a bike and decide you're going to ride all over town because it may be a little more exertion than you were planning on. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Michelle Jackson, when we interviewed her for Denver, 
she mentioned the same thing that if you're coming from a, a, a lower level, maybe spend a day or so to like acclimate weather and the ele- elevation. And then at that point, then maybe you can kind of ease into more of the physical activities. Exactly. I just, I never realized it because I've been here for so long, but when people come and actually see them struggling, I'm like, oh yeah, it's not, <laughs> you know, I go to sea level and it feels awesome. So I forget that people come up here and it's the exact opposite feeling. Right on. So when people come to visit, what are some of the other fun things to do in, in Boulder? So a couple of the cool places I like to go to, we have a, a sister city and I can honestly not remember where it is. It's a country over near India. And as part of that, I think we gave them like an internet cafe was what the exchange was. And in turn, I think they gave us a lot more. They gave us a like hand carved tea house. So it's like it's built into a commercial building, but everything inside is hand carved and hand painted. So you go inside and there's all these like intricate woodworking pieces and the booths and everything that you can sit in. And it's called the Dushan Bay Tea House. And they've got dozens and dozens of different teas you can choose from. So it's not like you just go in and they put a tea bag in there, like all of its loose leaf tea. You can pick anything from, you know, your basic black tea all the way up through a tea that's called what I can I can never remember the name of it because it's a complicated name, but it smells like campfire. So it's good to put in foods. So if you ever want kind of a smoky flavor or smell to your food, you can actually mix this tea into like your sauces and things like that. And it'll give it a hint of smokiness. But it's just it's an awesome place to go. Another one is most people here. Chautauqua, the original Chautauqua is in upstate New York. But we actually have a Chautauqua Park as well in Boulder. And that's an awesome place. Again, it's one of those places where they have shuttles now because parking got bad. So you can shuttle from the Pearl Street area and head up the hill, go there. There's awesome hiking. You can go up there and watch climbers climbing the flat irons, just a bunch of things there. And it's an awesome view. And then really the ones people know the most, though, are there's Pearl Street, which has been in tons of movies. It's just their, you know, walking outdoor mall. It's a great place to just kind of see street performers, everything like that, and enjoy some different food and just kind of wander and see all of Boulder for what it is. Even the locals go there all the time. Finally, if you just want to see cool architecture, CU's campus is fantastic. Like, it's not cheap to go there, but at least they're putting it into good architecture because all of the buildings, there's no standard kind of just brick building. Everything they've done there is to make the whole campus match, and it's just, it's beautiful to walk through. No, that's really cool because I, I love checking out the architecture of different buildings. And like when I go to Chicago, there's the, the architecture tour that you do on the river. So I think that'd be really fun to go check out all the buildings. And are there people that give tours about them or you just kind of do it yourself and walk around? It's generally a do it yourself. There may be a company that does tours, but I've never personally heard of it. But it, the campus, it's big enough that you can spend some time in it, but it's not so big where you get lost. So it's just nice to kind of wander and see what else is going on. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And people are coming to visit Boulder. The best place to fly into it is Denver. And then they can either rent a car if they're going to go out and explore, or they can just uh, take the bus to get into town, correct? Yep. The bus is very easy to take. You can get it right at the, basically by security at DIA. And then you can just hop that all the way into Boulder. It's pretty awesome just to do it that way. I've done it in the past and it's just so seamless. You get to hang out, you get to see the view as you're coming into Boulder without having to be distracted by drivers and just really check it out. That sounds good. Okay, so when people are thinking that they're planning their trip, are there certain areas of Boulder that they should really focus in if they want to book a hotel or are there certain areas maybe they should stay away from? Yeah, the best spot you really want to stay around if you're just kind of doing the touristy thing is around Pearl Street. So there are hotels a bit further east, but really most things you're going to do are going to be closer to the mountains. Everything on the east end of town is more for business and kind of the locals just day-to-day shopping type stuff. But if you're actually coming to enjoy and have more of an experience, Pearl Street, which is on the far west end, is exactly where you want to be. 
Okay. That makes a lot of sense. All right. And so one of the things that you gave me in the show notes was something called a Flagstaff Mountain Drive. Can you tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that? Yeah. So when I'm saying don't get a car, this is one of the few times you may want to get one. So Flagstaff is this, I wouldn't call it steep, but it's a switchback road that goes up just outside of town, up one of the foothills. And at the top, you gain hundreds of feet of elevation very quickly. But when you get to the top, they have an amphitheater, and that's what they call it. And you can sit at the top and overlook basically the entire valley in front of you. You can even on clear day see DIA, which is, you know, 40, 50 miles out. So it's just a fantastic view that you can get up there. On the way up, you can watch climbers because there's different climb bots. There's a bunch of cyclists trying to do it. It's a really cool place to go. We also talked a little bit about a bike park. You know, I know that, like you said, outdoorsy type of activities are, are really popular in the area. And you said that there's like a, a really cool bike park that people like to go to. Yeah, I love biking. And some of my favorite YouTubers even call it their favorite mountain bike park in the country. So it's called Valmont Bike Park. And it's on the east end of town where it's a bit more flat. But the entire thing has anything from trails that my two-year-old could ride on her little strider bike all the way up to full downhill type trails where, you know, you have to basically be at a professional level to be able to do these. And it's all contained within this couple acre property. And the whole thing was funded privately by people going to bike shops and contributing and all these different things. And so it was just like kind of a passion project and the city agreed to do it once the funds were there. So the community paid for it. Now the city maintains it for us. I feel like I keep saying it's a really cool place for all the things I'm talking about really is. The only oddity is when you're at the top, it's right next to the county jail. So you get this like weird kind of feeling like you're at the top about to have a bunch of fun, but then everybody right next to you has done something real bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) That is a little uh, perplexing, but that's all right. But it's really cool to see that that public and private partnership, you know, where uh, the money was raised and then basically they kind of handed the baton to the city and said, okay, we got it. We built it. Now we're handing it off to you. That way everybody gets to enjoy it from this point forward. Yeah. It's one of my favorite places in Boulder. Nice. And so uh, we only have a few more minutes and I want to make sure that we get a chance to talk about some of the favorite foods that are in Boulder. So if people are coming into town, where are some of the places that you recommend they visit? Well, it depends on what you're looking for. Like I'm more of kind of a, like if you're looking for breakfast, I'm more of a classic breakfast type person. Did Michelle mention a place called Snooze? Honestly, I don't recall. Okay. Well, so there's a place around here. It's this big breakfast joint that's kind of started expanding all over Colorado called Snooze. Most people would say Snooze is the place to go because it's kind of the, you know, hip and happening place with their just kind of unique breakfasts. I'm an old school diner type person. I want to go in and just have a place where it's like everybody's packed in there and you can have a good time. And so we have a place called the Village Coffee Shop. And it's pretty much a locals only spot or it's where the college students take their parents when their parents are in town for homecoming (laughs) or just visiting. But it's this tiny little like 800 square foot diner. The guy who owns it is a power lifter, a bodybuilder. And he has all his trophies and articles about him all over the place. And what they do is when you're a first timer in there, if the people you're with make it known that you're a first timer, they'll say, oh, look, we have another village virgin over here. And then everybody in the place starts clapping and cheering. (laughs) And so it's a perfect place to go and watch a bunch of hungover college students on a Saturday or Sunday morning just get their ears wrung when they're trying to just have like a hearty breakfast and just because their friends will do it intentionally just to make it hurt more. Um, <laughs> That's so, what friends are for, right? Exactly. It's just, it's one of those like quirky little spots. I hope it never changes. And I wasn't introduced to it until I was like 16. Okay. Um, but since then it's become a normal thing. You know, when I walk in, they know my daughters and I don't go that often. Like it's just that friendly local place that everybody that lives here. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you got to love those places like that. And now what would you order if you're going there? My favorite thing there is the French toast. I don't know what the batter is. I've tried to make it before and I cannot get whatever it is. So like French toast is by far my favorite thing there. 
but it's definitely heavy. So if you're about to go hiking or doing other things like that, it might not be the best thing to put a rock in your stomach right before you do any of that. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm picturing it in my mind because I love French toast as well. Is it that really thick bread? Well, no, they use regular, just kind of that thinner wheat bread, but whatever the batter is that they use, it almost feels like they surrounded it in a pancake, except it's an even tastier pancake than normal. Ooh, yummy. Yeah, it's a good one. Nice. Yeah. I'm ready to eat. (laughs) (laughs) When you come out here, I'll take you there. Nice. All right. So we got breakfast covered. What about dinner or lunch? Where should we go there? There's a couple like Foolish Craig's I like for lunch. It's just kind of a light place. They have a bunch of different crepes. You know, they've been on Food Network and all those different channels before. But as my general overall favorite, and this place has spots in Boulder, Denver, and other surrounding towns, it's called Mountain Sun or Southern Sun. So it's a cash-only brewery slash restaurant. The other odd things they do is like the staff never does the same job. So the guy who's the cook next day is the waiter, next day is the host. Like they all rotate so that everybody knows the whole restaurant. It makes the whole place kind of have this nice vibe where nobody has this like hierarchy of who's doing what. Oh, yeah. And... As far as them doing cash business, I never know if they actually pay taxes. It's one of those you're like, why are you guys still doing cash on everything? But they've at least made it easy where they have an ATM, but it's only a dollar. So the fee is not like this $5 ATM fee because everybody forgets cash. But the favorite time of year I have for them, if you're coming out to Colorado to ski and you want to check out Boulder in February, Mountain Sun does a stout month where they brew a massive amount of different stouts. Last time I was there, it was over 30 for the month or something like that. Every day, they have probably six to 10 different stouts that you can try, Uh all the way from kind of a standard stout up to like heavy alcohol stouts. They had a chai stout. They had a thin mint stout. So they made one after the Girl Scout cookies, all kinds of stuff. And so it's like my favorite month. If you're a stout drinker and that's something you like, it is one of the best times to go there and check it out. I normally stop at like the Browns. Like the stouts to me, I don't want to put a fork in it and have it stand up straight, (laughs) you know, but my wife, she loves stouts. And so... I know that she's definitely going to have me uh, take her there when we come visit. Yeah, it's very worth it in one of my holidays of the year when I'm allowed to actually be drinking beer. (laughs) And then you mentioned also the Shambi Tea House, and it's in a really cool location. Yeah, that whole thing I was talking about, the Creek Festival, the Dushanbe Tea House is right on the edge of that park. So you can go in there. It's right next to part of the creek. And so you can go sit outside. They have these nice little kind of pergola areas outside and sit. You can have lunch there. They do more of kind of a Indian type fare. It's all very good. It's just a smaller menu. But then they make their chai in house. And then, they, of course, they have all those different teas. It's a nice little spot where if you just want to take a little break, sit down by the creek and even sometimes be right next to where all the happening things are. That's a good spot to go. Yeah, that's good. You can even like uh, basically just kind of perch out there and, and watch everybody and, and live vicariously to see what they, what all they're doing, right? Do a little people watching. Exactly. We were there one time and they had a dance festival next door. So we took my daughter over and started dancing with them and had a great time. Oh, so yeah. anything could be happening there. Memories like that, like those are the best things ever. Yeah, exactly. Dan, I really appreciate you coming on to the show and talking about Boulder and sharing all your, your tips. And we'll try not to flood the village coffee shop and may ruin it for the locals. You know, (laughs) but overall, it's time now for the final countdown. So if somebody only had time for one meal in Boulder, where should they go and what should they eat? There's a place called the Dark Horse. So the Dark Horse is more of an experience. It's kind of a divey college bar, but it's just one of those places where you walk in and the entire place is just kind of eclectic. It looks like you mixed up old mill with a barn and something else. And it's a burger joint where you can do like trike Thursdays where you can race around in adult big wheels inside the restaurant and a bunch of different things like that and it's just a good spot to go it's very easy to get to from the highway and they make good food and it's just kind of a cool spot to go visit 
<laughs> when you mentioned the trike races, all I can think of is like one of the uh, Revenge of the Nerds movies where they're all like on the trikes racing around the track drinking <laughs> the beers. <laughs> exactly. That's, it's very similar to that. Nice. And so you live there in Boulder for majority of your life now. What's one of your most memorable stories? One of my favorites is I actually lived in Boulder for a couple of years. You know, I've always lived in the surrounding areas, but when I lived down there, we go on Thursday nights and they have what's called the Boulder Cruiser Ride, where a bunch of adults and what became teenagers as well would all get on their bikes with a bunch of lights and just this group of hundreds of people would go ride their bikes around from park to park throughout the city and kind of stop through the normal busy hot spots on the way. And I remember riding through one night for some reason, the guys I went with, there's theme nights. So the night we went, we thought was pajama night. And it was actually industrial wrap night. So you're supposed to wear something made out of duct tape or <laughs> bubble wrap, things like that. So we show up to the industrial wrap night. Everybody else is in bubble wrap and duct tape and we're in nightgowns and all kinds of other things. My roommate at the time had like a leopard print night on with like the tiny shorts and a little tank top on. And I just remember like riding around, we stand out like a sore thumb. And I just remember like one of our bikes broke, like right in the middle of the kind of busiest spot in downtown. And we had to walk him back home, you know, on a Thursday night through the whole college section with all the guys at the bars and everything with him in these tiny little leopard print shorts and wandering back to the house. That whole night just stands out to me because it was the most embarrassing but most fun thing to do in a long time. <laughs> That's so fun. Speaking of fun stuff, what's the happiest happy hour in Boulder? That one's a hard one to say. There's a lot of places that like to claim they are the happiest happy hour. It's going to be the same answer number one. I just really like going to the dark horse if I'm going for happy hour. It's just a spot that it's, it's not a normal restaurant. And so it's fun to just hang out there. They have arcade games to play if you want to. And you can just kind of watch some idiocy on, you know, unravel itself if you really want to on certain nights of the week. So that's definitely my favorite spot. Yeah, I'm going to have to check out the calendar of the dark horse and, and plan my trip accordingly so I can I can catch some of that. Yeah, <laughs> I would highly advise that if you can. So one thing I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizzas. So what's the best pepperoni pizza in Boulder? Uh, it's a place called Cosmos. So Cosmos, there's two locations. There's one on the hill, and the hill is kind of right next to the campus. And the other one is actually pretty close to the Dark Horse. They're classic kind of New York style, super greasy pizza. You know, you can get up to like a 24 inch or some massive thing. What you have to do, though, is you have to get their spicy ranch. So a lot of places do Spicy Ranch where it's like mixed with Basco and a couple other things. And whatever they have done with theirs, I've never been able to recreate it as well. But you have to go there. You just get one big slice of greasy pepperoni pizza and a thing of Spicy Ranch to dip it in and you're good to go. Nice. My wife loves the spicy food, so I'm going to reserve that for her because I, you know, I got <laughs> I got the white boy stomach that uh, you, know, I, you may not see me for the rest of the weekend if I get too much spice in me. It's not that hot. It's a mild spice. It's just for flavor. Okay. I can handle that then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, thanks for being on the show. You've shared some really awesome tips for Boulder, Colorado. Can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do and, and how people can reach you? Yeah, of course. So the main things I do locally is I work as a real estate broker here in just the east of Boulder. Half of the people I work with are kind of, you know, homeowners who want to buy things. The other half is I actually love working with real estate investors. So when there are people that are coming to Colorado and trying to figure out how to invest in real estate, that's one of the big pieces I like to kind of help guide them through that. But one of the favorite things I like doing is I run a podcast for millennials who want to invest into real estate. And so that's called the Millennial Real Estate Investor Podcast. You can find us everywhere else that you can look for things. Uh, biggest is Spotify. Apparently, millennials love Spotify. And, you know, you can find us pretty much anywhere. So any platform you want to go to, you can find us on Facebook. If you search for Millennial Real Estate Investor, you'll pull it up real quick. That's our main spots to go. 
And if you did have any other questions for me, I'll put out my email because that's totally fine. Is Dan at, and it's newbiehomeowner.com. <laughs> nice. They get the newbie in there. That's cool. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, and we'll have links to all this in the, in the show notes. So if anybody's you know out doing whatever they're doing, you can go to the show notes and we'll be able to make sure that we have it in there. It'd be wetravelthere.com forward slash boulder. And uh, you'll be able to find everything we talked about, all the links to be able to talk to Dan. And if you know, if you're in that millennial space, you'll be able to learn from Dan and get the real estate investing going on for yourself. So Dan, I appreciate you being on the show. It's been a pleasure. And uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you when we travel there. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Lee. Boulder, Colorado, such a beautiful place to visit if you love the outdoors. It's only 30 minutes from Denver and is nestled right under the Flatiron Mountains. Visitors have access to many trails and that way they can get out of the house and explore nature. I think the, the Dushanbe Tea House would be such a neat place to visit and explore the hand carvings of India while sampling some of the many tea varieties. Send me a tweet at We Travel There and share the best thing you learned about Boulder, Colorado. You can also comment on the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash boulder or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook to ask us questions about any of your upcoming destinations. Join us in the next episode when David Prave from Military to Millionaire takes us to Kailua, Hawaii to catch the sunrise at the Atlanta Cape Hill boxes then head into town to eat Lokomoko, a local favorite. We hope to join us when we travel there. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. We'll be right back.